One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to be read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. I am one of your hosts, Kelsey. And I'm and I'm one of your hosts. I, I think we both. I, you did you did the joke, and I was trying to mess with you. I'm one of your hosts, Carmen, and it is a beautiful 3 a.m. truly night to podcast. Yeah, oh, we're like, starting I'm off. Trick him and and do this intro correctly, and he's going to be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. You did throw throw me for you threw me for a loop. I can't even speak right now. I do not know how we're about to talk for an hour and fifteen minutes just right now. It's gonna be great, guys. It's great. We've had (sighs) it's been a a weird week for both of us for very different reasons. But it's there's a lot happening and we're both There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And we're not dying. Yes. The light at the end of the tunnel is that we will be together in like eighteen hours with our spouses and our children. Yeah, maybe the children. If, <laughs> maybe at this the point. children. You're just gonna leave Marlo point. in the airport. Ah, no, we'll leave her at home. We'll oh, okay. we'll, we'll throw a couple of. Yeah, he's old enough now. He's like 21 in dog years, so he's basically a fully grown adult. Anyways, so <laughs> Kelsey, we've got an episode to do today. Uh, we do. Do you want Do you want to tell everyone that uh, officially the next week? Do you want to tell them the big news about the thing that we're doing next week? It's going to be live, 100. percent Yes. First of all, we're going to record an episode together, which is going to be great. And second of yes. all, while we're together, we're also going to figure out how the fuck Patreon works. So we will have a Patreon with extra content for people to um, subscribe to if they care to. Holy fuck, that's a big bug. Um, oh, don't worry, guys. It's outside. It's just a really big window right in front of me. Um, okay. So, yes, we're going to figure that out while we're together. We're going to m- hopefully make some of that extra extra silly content for you guys to enjoy um we'll get to watch an episode together maybe that will somehow be on patreon who's to say we'll figure it out Ooh, that would be fun yeah yeah live recording episode yes and then just Um, listen to people people have to listen to how we would need to stop and pause for breaks every 14 seconds we pause that i mean we do pause a lot so that we can write down our feelings yes and there's a lot of feelings in this episode i'm very excited we're all up in our feels so true um 
Yeah. So, okay, let's get into it because this is a great one. Um, okay. This is the seventh episode of the third season and it is episode 43 overall. And it is called where the boys are. And that's a song. And I it have sure information. Is. This song uh, exists so, on the internet, unlike last week's. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like that's what we need to do is when we do get giant and famous and Ellen and Sandra and Chandra and Shonda and uh, the guy Kate. who plays. Yeah. Patrick. What? Kate is Kate Walsh is, and Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey was who I was trying to think of. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Dempsey, Dem- Dempsey, Kate Walsh, all of them. And, and, and then who plays Burke? It's. um. Isaiah Washington. Isaiah Washington. Anyways, so Where the Boys Are is a song. It's written by Neil Sedaka and Howard Greenfield, and uh, it was recorded by Connie Francis. Uh, it was one of those uh, four, so- four movie songs, and it was for the 1960 movie Where, Where the Boys Are. So it was self-titled, and uh, she actually starred in that movie as well. So uh, released uh, in December... 27 on December 27th, 1960. Uh, very exciting. Uh, so there's not a ton of stats on this. It didn't chart or anything like that, but, uh, one of the, the choruses of the song is till he holds me. I'll wait impatiently where the boys are, where the boys are, where the boys are. Somebody waits for me. So not very, you know, uh, intricate, not very breathtaking song lyrics. It's just where the boys are over and over and over. Um, but it, it, it is something that I think when you're listening to the song, you get a you get a lot of me personally, the the Mark and Meredith vibes in this. Uh, oh, because, okay. yeah, I get it because it's like, OK, uh, someone waits for me, a smiling face, a warm embrace. Um, and to me, they I think where the boys are fits perfectly because of the the boys literally all out on this camping trip, mm-hmm. which is an absolute shit show. Um, but the lyrics lead me to believe it's, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but it almost feels like a Mark and Meredith thing. So, uh, that was kind of how, how I was looking at it, but I did listen to this song after watching the episodes. So I had a little bit mm-hmm. of hindsight, but, um, anyways, uh, this, this prompted me to think of the greatest four, four movie songs. And, uh, we can't forget our, our good, our, our favorite one, uh, Scotty doesn't know. Originally written for the uh, Scotty doesn't cult. know. Happy old man, <laughs> do it in my van every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, written for the cult classic uh, Euro Trip. So mm-hmm. uh, classic. Anyways, classic. that's what I got for you today. Um, take it away. Um, okay, perfect. Thanks so much. Um, this episode was written by Mark Wilding, and let me tell you, this episode is a wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, directed by Dan Minahan. Aired November 9th, 2006 uh, to 20.65 million views. And let us read the Netflix synopsis. It is the men of Seattle Grace go on a camping trip and Meredith assists with a procedure Sloan has never experienced. I don't feel like that's true, but. They didn't mention anything about Christina they- and Bailey. Yeah. Or Izzy, Izzy and Sydney, who it well, took me a while to remember says, who Sydney was. Yeah. Meredith assists with a procedure Sloan has never experienced. I don't feel did they say that Mark had never done that? I thought they just said that Meredith had never done it. Uh yeah, I didn't really get the vibe that Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Meredith has never experienced it. I truly feel like that's just a typo. Yeah. Hey Netflix, if you're listening to us <laughs> right now, just? figure this out. Um 
Yeah, nothing about... Yeah, Sydney... I had to also remember what episode she had been introduced in, but it was the whole camping thing and then Christina going to Burke and yeah. Um, good times. So yeah, Sydney's back. Um, so let's jump on in. Start with our recap. Let's, I wrote down, Izzy coming back. Um, Derek quote unquote needs space. Um, Derek and Addison got divorced. Callie and Mark slept together and Alex was creeping in the corner. Not when they were sleeping together, when they were talking about it. (laughs) What a different kind of movie that would be. (laughs) Um, and Burke's hand, which is fine. Um, again, starting to think maybe it's not fine only because he said, I'm not fine (laughs) verbatim. Yeah. He did say those words like three episodes ago. (laughs) And Um, then, uh, I and then the Bailey Bailey seeing Christina thing. And, yes, and all the that. Bailey and Christina drama about erasing her name off the board. Which can I just tell you, I'm shocked at how early in the episode they revealed that Bailey knows. Well, I thought that was going to be a big at the end of the last episode. Yeah, but I thought it was going to be like her just being a jerk to her all episode, and then the end, Christina's like, "Why are you being a jerk to me?" And then she'd be like, "I know what you did," and that's the cliffhanger. But we really uh. didn't get that. That's what I anticipated. And I was wrong. Um, Okay. So it starts with Preston packing up all his camping goodies. And Christina's sitting there like, I don't understand why you're going camping. Like, I don't, who, what, what is happening? Who camps? You don't camp. This is not camping. We have surgery. And he's like, well, I canceled the surgery. And she's like, why? And he goes, because I'm going camping. This scene was wild because I was like, oh, dang, Burke and Shepard are going camping. And then it was like, wait, and (laughs) Weber's going and George is going and Joe and Walter and Alex. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's just more and more people. Yeah, it just keeps coming. They just keep coming, man. Tell me, tell me that wouldn't be a lit camping trip, though. Like that That looks like it. I know. I'm like, Derek, stop being mad. This is a good time. This is, yeah. you don't, um, yeah. Oops, sorry. I what did you something. just send a snap of? Um, the big bug on the window. Oh, okay. Not that I'm going to watch the snap, but I received the no, snap. No, you won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's fine. I just needed to, to document it. Um, okay. So, yeah, he's like, we have to make a stop. They pick up the chief, who we must discuss the chief's um, grasp on camping because he comes out in a button down with a sweater pullover uh, slacks and a bucket hat and a rolling suitcase with a picnic basket. So it doesn't really seem like he knows what's going on. Um, Yeah. Other than the bucket hat, I would say the bucket hat is on, on point. Everything else is not for camping. Well, he has like a straight up, the hotel made him a charcuterie board, which yes, in itself, not a bad camping thing. But when that's the only thing you pack, I'm concerned. Also, the the picnic, ba- I'm like, you didn't take it in a cooler. You took it in like a picnic basket that if it got wet, <laughs> would dissolve immediately. Uh, wicker, one of God's most sturdy designs. Uh, yeah, no, that was interesting. And then listen, the scene where he's like, oh, yeah, uh. Joe and Walter, I could, you know, that's a, that's a mighty fine looking tent. Uh, I'll stay with you. And then was it Alex who was like, 
or was it George who was like, hey, man, like, listen. It was both uh, of them. Like, I think Alex said, like, oh, I think you don't want to stay with them, basically. And George was like, they want to be alone. And then they start embracing each other. finally put two and two together that they are, in fact... Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Addison and Callie eyeing the shit out of Mark. Okay. Yes. Um. That was the next note I had. I don't know if I missed anything. No, no. Well, I just had written that Izzy was mom friending George when they went to pick him up. She's like, "You have sunscreen. You need sunscreen. Don't forget your bug spray." And he's like, "Zip me up." Uh, um. So yeah. And then. Oh, Meredith, she just looks like sees Derek and she's like, have fun with your space. <laughs> I just. She's savage. I cannot. I um, also got to tell you, the end of this episode threw me for a loop. Ugh. Didn't see that coming. So annoying. Okay. Um, so basically all the boys are there, but Mark and then, okay. Yes. Addison and Callie are in the break room and Mark's come in and it's like awkward. And it's cause he's like, I've fucked both of these women very recently. And is just kind of eyeing them back and forth. And Addison is looking around. You can tell that she kind of like puts two and two together that Callie and Mark also boned. Um, And then Christina and Meredith and Izzy are all talking. And Christina's like, Preston's don't go camping. A guy named Preston (laughs) gets his ass kicked by a squirrel. Which is hilarious. Um, So do guys named Carmen. Carmen's should not go camping. Yeah, Carmen is not an outdoorsy boy. Carmen's should travel to the foothills of the Chattanooga Mountains and yes. be with friends inside of warm uh, sushi and, restaurants and, and sushi yeah, and donuts and fried chicken, but not camping. So delicious things. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. And then Mark comes over and he's like, he's looking for Alex, but he's not there obviously because he went camping. And so then Meredith goes with him for his service and, um, then Izzy's like, oh, I have to go meet with a peer counselor. Um, so Bailey sends her off to meet her peer counselor because she's like, but I'm already taking therapy or whatever. And she says, no, this is different, whatever. So go she meet your off. peer. Get counseled. Yes. <laughs> Delightful. Um, and then Christina, she's like, this is your case. It's this dumbass kid who is an asshole and he swallowed a bunch of Monopoly pieces. And I need you to like monitor the toilet so that you can count all the pieces as they come out of his butt. Um, which is which like is the worst job. job. That's no, no, <laughs> the worst. Uh, and then they leave and Christina's like, this is not surgical. Like I shouldn't be doing it. And this is one of my favorite moments. Bailey goes, are you too good for to help this boy? And Christina goes, Yes. <laughs> and then very quickly backtracks to say no, no i mean no, definitely not, not obviously not um and so basically then bailey reveals to christina that she knows that she erased her name off the board and don't give me that bullshit of like oh i didn't know like i know you knew why did you do it she doesn't tell she's like okay well this is what we're doing so um so then it, we see mark and meredith discussing um Meredith goes, okay, so there's going to be rules. And he says, oh, the dirty mistresses have rules, like whatever. And she says, basically, like, you can't flirt with me. You can't talk to me about Derek. And you can't, like, use your... um, Don't give me the face or whatever she says. What am I trying to think of? Come hither look. That's what I'm trying to think of. Don't give me that 
she says McSteamy face, but it reminds me of like, oh, don't try and seduce her with your face. But yeah. how could he not? Have you seen his face? He doesn't have to do anything. God bless him. He does have different faces that, that are that are more attractive than others. Like his weirded out phase with Addison and Callie both in the same room, not as attractive. But if it's the face that he's trying to give you to show you the McSteam, like obviously that's a good looking face. Yes. Um, okay. So I, uh, I've had a lot of people tell me that him and I look a lot alike. I don't think you have. <laughs> and I will tell you right now that I don't think you do. Um, but you're I've great. had 13 people. I don't uh, think someone's going to look at you and say, hey, you look like Andy Samberg and also Eric Dane. Those are two very different and, looks. Uh, and Chris Pratt. I get that one. Yes, I know you do. That, that one's that one is valid. Also, what's it? What's the guy's, what's the guy's name? Andy Thane? Thane? Eric Van- Dane. Eric Dane. Oh, I was mixing Andy Samberg. Yes, you were. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I love him. Hey, Andy, if you're listening, come on the podcast. I, I bet you Give watch Grey's Anatomy. Out. Sponsor us. Um, <laughs> just, Listen, go subscribe to our Patreon, Sam. Andy. <laughs> um, okay. So, oh, and then he immediately does all those things. And she says, okay, you're breaking rules one, two, and three, which is funny and very on par for Mark. It was hilarious. That was a good scene. I, I will say as much as... Scene. And I wrote this later on. I, I'm sure I'll bring this up again. The way that they've written Mark's character, I don't like him. Mm, but I like him better in this episode. He was fine in this episode. I, I was, yeah. I was, be, I was prepared mentally to not like him in this episode when he was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, where's what's his face?" And they're like, "Alex." Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. Like, know the name of the person that you're about to have hole on the DMV for you, a hole. Uh, but I can't, and I don't know if this is a. Uh, an Ellen Pompeo thing, but she really does have very good chemistry with every person I on the show. I was going to say, they met. do have very good chemistry. But I don't not, think there's... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not necessarily like the, oh, they should be in a relationship sexual chemistry. It's just like, I agree with you. Like, she has good chemistry in almost every scene when she has like a one-on-one scene with somebody. Like, I do think she's very, very talented and that speaks yeah. to that a lot. Um, but yeah, I agree. They have great chemistry they play they play off of each other really well and it, and it, and shout out to the writers because you guys had yeah. to write these scenes for the, for it to work but yeah i think of like her and george uh, even with the, mm-hmm. the the awful scene right still great chemistry mm-hmm. um obviously her and christina her and derek her and um addison her and mark her and bailey you know i don't think she has amazing chemistry with uh izzy actually yeah i think that they have the least chemistry it's kind of weird vibes with them. I don't know why, but I agree. But I will say like, it's interesting. And I don't know if it's the two of the way, the two of them play it together, Mark and Meredith, or if it's like a writing thing or a combination of the the two, because if you take everything he said and like on paper, I would be like, this is disgusting. I would be angry if I watched this, but then I watch it and I'm like, I'm not mad. That's just silly. Yeah. But there's probably nothing that he could say that you would actually be mad at. That's not true because I was mad the last like two episodes, especially when that time when he was really pissy at Bailey, that, that made me mad. Oh, right. Right. right, And then he was also a dick, like him being a dick to Alex. I'm like, it's justifiable, but I still recognize that you're being a turd. Um, so I don't know. I think there are times when I'm like, Oh yeah, you do suck, but you're also very attractive. Both can be true. They're not mutually exclusive. He can be, Uh, that's very very true. Very attractive and very, very the worst. So, Okay. Um, back in it, we, uh, oh, they go and meet their patient 
Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. First, we see that Sydney's back and Sydney is Izzy's peer counselor. And she's like, ah, and gives her a hug. And again, I have to stress this. Can't stress it enough. Sydney and Izzy have very similar energies. So I get judgy when Izzy is annoyed by Sydney because I'm like, you don't have the right to. This is you to everyone else. Like, yeah. why? I don't understand. I had to go back and, and remember where is where, where Sydney was from. And, and she was the one who filled in for Bailey when she was out on maternity leave. Yes. But I that didn't click to me until Sydney walked in and sat with Christina and Izzy while they were sifting through the poop later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, look, she's got this friend. Oh, wow. She knows this person. And I was like, oh, that's because we also, as yes, viewers, as also know this person. also know her. She has been so, introduced to us previously. Yeah, so that one that one took me a minute, but I I, I enjoyed seeing. I liked her character. She yeah. got a bad, she got a bad hand being dealt this group of rugrats. You know, yeah. Yes, she doesn't. But again, it doesn't make sense. Like her and Izzy should vibe very well. So it's weird to me. That's one thing I don't get about Izzy's character. It's like she's always so annoyed by her. I'm like, why? This is just another version of you. Whatever. I'm um, like everyone else. It makes sense with Meredith, Christina, Alex. Like it makes sense to me that they're annoyed by her. It does not make sense to me that Izzy would be annoyed by her. To me, Izzy would look at her and go, "This is who I want to be when I'm a resident." Right. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm sure that's how they wrote it for us to feel that way. Yeah. Uh, I think. I I hope so because I feel that way strongly. So. <laughs> um. Uh. So then Meredith and Mark meet their patient, and he's doing uh, sexual reassignment surgery or a vaginoplasty is that what they call it vaginoplasty i don't i um, missed they that called it something for a trans woman um so let's just go ahead and discuss the fact that this storyline is i think for for 2006 pretty forward especially to be on just network oh television. yeah like uh not really what i think would be considered standard at that time and we love it this is a very shonda to take things like this and um I don't think she makes like a huge deal about it. Right. The, not the whole hospital's not like, Oh my God, a trans like Meredith. There's a couple times when she, um, uses the wrong pronoun and then corrects herself, which is like what you should do. Um, and other than that, I mean, they don't make it a huge deal about the person, the, this woman being trans. They just make it a huge deal that like they get to do this cool surgery. And right. then like, obviously the journey the wife is going on is a bigger deal, but, it would be a big deal. Like if anyone was in that situation. Um, yeah, but yeah, and it's, it's Vicky and Donna, right? Yes. Yeah. The thing that I really like about this is they, they make Vicky supportive, mm-hmm. but not, not blind, right? Like yeah, she's she married struggling with it, but she is supportive. It's yeah. a very, I feel like it's a very believable, journey that someone in that position obviously neither of us have gone through that but it that as a viewer as a viewer that's a very like believable journey that someone in that scenario would take you know and they they're very honest about it and she's like i wanted to leave but like it's just not it's hard when that's yeah yeah that's not what you expected but like that's still the same person in their in the core of who they are that's still the same person now they get to be themselves even more yeah. So. Yeah. The 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 part that I really like, and and I don't want to get too far ahead because this was a really awesome storyline that uh, 
does need to be it's it, we're, we're gonna need to talk about this more when when we get yeah. to these different parts but when towards the end when vicky was like it's killing you daniel or something like that whatever yeah. it was and he's like it's donna and i was like it's that shows not only like that there's so much power to be had by the people who aren't trans in that moment yeah like you just took away that person's identity just by you saying the wrong mm-hmm. name on purpose out of anger. And yeah. I think that that's a really awesome like reminder to all of us is I have not met a single trans person who ever messed whoever was pissed at you for messing up the pronouns as long as you were trying, right? Yes. Um there have been a pl- plenty of people, a lot of them in Orlando because thank thank you Orlando for being very forward on a lot of these topics, but um I remember I was working at Universal with someone who was trans and I messed up their um their pronouns and they like were very kind about it. They reminded me I was like, "Listen, I'm the listen person. I am so sorry like please please know that I want to make sure that you're feeling respected uh because I do respect you and I respect the situation. So if I do that on accident, please feel empowered to to tell me and don't think that you're going to get any kind of retaliation from telling me. I I you know I just want to make sure that you're feeling comfortable. It's just also, I think they have a much better grasp on the change around them as opposed to the people who it doesn't affect. You just have to literally yeah. call them the right name. So yes. really, really awesome episode, but I wanted to shout that out. Uh, the Gray's Academy podcast is a 100% pro-trans, uh, pro-pronouns. Um, yes, it's just not that hard, and I'm so sick of yeah. people acting like it's difficult. Yeah. There's also a sidebar con- comment. This is probably something we have to talk about on Patreon. So actually, you know, what? I'm committing to this. We will we will talk about this on Patreon. There in my town is a uh, drag show happening at a public library and people are outraged. So we will have to talk about this in a Patreon uh, uh, offline conversation and we'll load this up. That'll be the one of the first things we upload because I know you and I both have very big feelings about people who are anti-drag. Uh, yes. So... This is my, my commitment, my promise to you. At 24 minutes and 35 seconds, we will have a Patreon stream listening opportunity to listen to us just basically fume about anti-drag people for like yeah. 20 minutes. So um, yes. check us out. Good times. Uh, we'll have that link for you hopefully within the next week. Um, okay. So, okay. 722 title card. Uh, okay, so we uh, we meet them. It's it was Daniel. Now it's Donna. She's been in transition for I believe they said ten years. Um, so she's on. She's been on like the hormones that uh, like suppress testosterone and take estrogen, so like it gets rid of the facial hair, like lets your breasts like grow out and um, like have natural breasts that way. Um, probably many many other things that I don't know and will not. I just literally only know that from what they said in this episode. So, um, so yeah, I I wrote very forward storyline for network television. Um, the wife again is there and like is being supportive, but is like kind of hesitant the way they like cut to her and the the faces she's making. She seems hesitant, but she's not, she's not saying any, obviously she's there, but also she's not like speaking up and being like, I hate this. She, but it hurt just the face, the facial expression expressions. Um, okay. So then we, we go and we see the camping trip. They Wait, hold on. I want to pause for a second. Okay. Cause I want to, I want to talk about Mark in that scene because Mark was, was Mark being like, they've written him so interestingly to this point where I don't know if he's 
being a good doctor in this moment with like the double hands on on Donna's hands when they're holding each other, or if he's like, "Yeah, I fucked you, and we had sex." Like, no, I think it's there's that he's. I think this episode specifically speaks to to the, his ability to be a good doctor because, and there's been a couple episodes where it's been kind of up and down, right? Like when the guy's face was burnt and he was like freaking out, Mark kind of didn't really know what to say to comfort him. But then like the first time we met Mark and we had the kid uh, who had passed away during surgery and he still went in and and did the face surgery to, to um, like correct the bone malformations. Um, We have seen kind of both sides of Mark. And I think because uh, yes, it's establishing that they do have a relationship and they like, he's been the person like taking her on this journey through her transition. Um, I think that's what it's trying to establish. And then especially at the end during the surgery, when Mark has the conversation with Meredith about why he is in plastics and like what he believes that he does in his job, I think that's supposed to kind of reinforce the notion that he is a good doctor and like, yeah, he can be a man ho and whatnot, but like that doesn't take away his skills at his job. And, and it's not even just like skills in the OR it's, it's the patient connection that he clearly is formed with this couple specifically. Yeah. That's a great call out. Yeah. I appreciate your insight on that. And it's, it's true. It's, we've never seen him not be a good practicing surgeon. Right. Um, a lot of what we see is him freeze it. We saw him freeze that one time. And that was a couple episodes ago and Bailey had to, to jump in. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, his, all of his, writings is that that we don't like about him that i don't like about him is how he treats other people that yeah, aren't yeah. Doctors it's more peer to peer yeah yeah um okay so then we we go to the camping trip they've arrived at their campsite derek is annoyed george is collecting a pile of rocks which i don't understand don't know why i think he was, I think he was gonna make a fire pit i think so too but is that necessary who's to say it's a lot of rocks i don't know george calm down <laughs> <laughs> um The chief, what I wrote here is the chief has no business camping, didn't even bring a tent, and also apparently doesn't know Walter and Joe are a gay couple. It's awkward. And then he says he does this thing that sometimes people, older people do. It's like a trope in shows and television. Older people, um, like, find out that someone's gay and they, like, overcorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't realize it. And they're like, let me tell you, I need to verbalize the fact that I'm okay with you being gay, which nobody needs to do because... A, you should all be okay with it. But also B, doesn't matter if you're okay doesn't with it or not. Doesn't even matter. Right. Doesn't matter if you approve of someone else's consenting adult relationship. They're allowed to do it. So no one needs, they don't need your approval. If you wouldn't give Carmen and his wife or me and my husband approval on the street, you don't need to express your approval to a gay couple. They don't yeah. need it. It doesn't matter. You are not anybody who is should be doling out approval. But I'll step off my soapbox. Soapboxes no, are for Patreon. It's, it's, <laughs> um, so that's the new slogan. Soapboxes <laughs> are for Patreon. You like what you hear here? You're going to love Patreon. Um, yeah, when he's like, man love. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. dude, shut the fuck. Like, just love. stop. I wrote it down. It's uh, beautiful. Gosh. My cousin's gay, so I'm hip. Brokeback yeah. Mountain and all of that. And then oh, Brooke, like jumps out of his chair and he's like, okay, yeah. who's ready to fish? Hey, Weber, go stand over there and stop making all of us want to gouge our eyes out with these oh, rocks so that George brought us. Yeah, that's why George brought them so we can all pound our heads in with them. Oh, um, gosh. 
so good. Okay, so then Meredith tells Christina that she's doing the sexual reassignment surgery, and Christina's, like, super jealous. She's like, I should be doing that, but Bailey's punishing me, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then Izzy comes over, and she's saying she needs to hide because um, she's running away from Sydney. And Christina's like, oh, you can help me fish out Monopoly pieces from this kid's poop. So fun. What a fun time. Don't, are you so glad you went to medical school for that? Good times. Um, yeah. No, thank you. Uh, so then, ugh, ugh. Okay. So then Addison's patient. Oh my gosh. This is bad. I was this emotional. Was bad. Do you remember last week when you were like, let's postpone this episode and watch it together. And I said, no, cause I'm not going to watch an episode where I know I'm going to cry with you. And, uh, that's what I was referring to. It was very sad. Yes. Um, I was watching that with literally baby Marlo next to me in the back seat, And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. This is crazy. It's heartbreaking. Okay. We're being very jumpy this episode, but it's okay. Yeah. I think that we do that more when it's epi- an episode that we both really, really like. I think it's just yeah. like the conversation flows because it, it, the storylines are so good that you just want to like talk about it all right away. Yeah. Yeah. So it's harder to stick to our chronological thing, but I'm going to try. And the more I watch Grey's, the more I like it. So I'm like, yeah. remember that one time? And remember that time? <laughs> also, let's make a prediction. Also, let's rank this episode. <laughs> Man, that ending was wild, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Stop it, Carmen. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I think I really think that's a sign of like a really good episode, um, which we said before we started recording that this was a really good one. So we're excited to, to record about it. But yes. Okay. So Addison's patient is like eight months pregnant. Uh, she was in the shower. She fell. She broke her arm. So Callie's there to set her arm and give her a cast. Um, and Addison is like looking at the the monitor, the ultrasound, and um, she gets upset and just leaves. Which I cannot tell you how unsettling that would be as a pregnant person because I am always on like high alert anytime I see a doctor. Uh, when both times I but- was pregnant. But would you, if that was mere seconds after her saying the baby was sleeping? Yes. I would literally like probably not believe it until I heard the heartbeat. There are a lot That's of people. Fair. That's fair. Who are like more normal and like less hysterically anxious than I am. And I am jealous of that. And I am happy for those people who get to live that life. Um, especially in pregnancy, because it's just like very hard there's just a lot of things that are beyond control. And for a lot of people who go through pregnancy, they tell you, um, after the first trimester, the chance of miscarrying your baby is like less than 1%. It's very, very small. So a lot of people, when they hit that 12 week mark, they're like, Oh, I just feel like a weight has been lifted. I feel like I'm so relieved. I never felt that with both pregnancies. I was just hyper nervous all the time that something was just going to go wrong. Um, and obviously this isn't like something natural, like she fell and that was like, that's what resulted in this, but, um, we're led to believe that that was yes, the result. That's true. That's yes. Um, so that's not necessarily like just having, you know, your body just miscarrying, but I, I just never felt that sense of relief of being like, wow, I'm so far, like I got to this point. So now I can like relax. I would love to relax. It's not in my nature because my brain doesn't work right, but that's okay. That's why the good Lord and big pharma invented medication. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will say it's, so I, 
and, and this is not a, this is again, pay, check out our Patreon. Um, uh, so it, it, we, I think I was really stressed driving with Marlo until I physically did it the first time. And then yeah. after that, it was all normal, normal driving. Um, and I think I really got to like, at like the six month mark, I thought, do we even really need the owlet anymore? Because she's past that kind of like that SIDS mark, you know? And mm-hmm. now that she's like almost 10 months, almost nine months, 10 months, almost She'll 10, be 10 months. months tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, in an hour uh, oh, yes. for you. And uh, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of things that happen. Babies are just wild. Like yeah. anything could kill a baby. Anything but could kill a baby like, inside of you. also they're wildly resilient. So oh, yeah. It's, and like never Google anything. Um, I don't Google anything. Um, Bennett has, has had some, some sniffly problems lately. Um, Michael has been in charge of looking up everything because I cannot get online and see the internet. Tell me all the things like, Oh, my baby sneezed. Well, he's probably dying. Like I can't like Google is not a doctor. I have learned this and I know myself well enough to know that while I can read that and know that it's unlikely, I will also read it go, that's probably not the case, and then go, but it probably is, and then panic for 48 hours. So um, that's my unsolicited advice to new parents and or pregnant people. Don't Google anything. Call your doctor. I I don't care if my doctor thinks I'm annoying. I'm going to call them. I'd rather call them and ask them than call them and go, hey, I saw this online. Like I just will skip that part and just call them. Yeah. Also, they they get paid – a lot of money they can field some calls and yeah. that's fine yeah and i remember I have called ben with bennett um this week and they're like we're glad you called like you did the right thing and you did the right thing bring him in and and it's nice to have a doctor that reassures. if you have a pediatrician or a doctor in any way that makes you feel like stupid for asking questions or trying to advocate for yourself or your kid get a new doctor you're allowed to you're not contractually obligated to stay with one doctor. If your doctor makes you feel one like shit, million percent. go to a different yeah. doctor. You deserve to yeah. be heard. I remember and so I, many soapboxes today. <laughs> I I know that Jessica is the same way and I I respect it and appreciate it because I'm the exact opposite. I will Google something and I will see the the best case scenario and go, that is for sure what's us. It's for sure the best case scenario. <laughs> Like Jessica's grandpa is on his deathbed and it's like congestive heart failure. You could live for another three to 20 years. And I said, Richard, I know you're 90, but like (laughs) you're going to have another 20 years, right? Like this is best case scenario. So, uh, but there was one time where Jessica was like, worst case scenario, your kid could have cerebral palsy. And I was like, Jessica, that's not. I remember this time. Yeah. I know exactly Uh, what you're talking about. But then the doctor's like, yeah, you should probably come in. That's concerning. And then I was like, oh shit. The doctor's concerned. Now I'm concerned. I left work early. We got there yeah. and they're like, yeah, no, she's good. Never mind. It's all good. But did, you did the right thing for coming in. And then I'm like, yeah, that okay, is, cool. I we're do good. like that when they're like, you weren't overreacting. Like just like the doctor today was like, you were not overreacting. Like this was the right call. Like you, this was correct. So that's fun. It's just fun guys. Yeah. And soapbox. <laughs> Number two. We'll see how many we get to today. Um, uh, I don't even know where we were. I oh, think right. it's the okay. scene where this is. It's, yeah, uh, Callie goes to find Addison in the bathroom. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Sorry. I, sorry. I skipped. Um, Meredith was doing like the labs and Donna's wife, uh, Vicky is there. And 
Vicky is like, oh, did you want to like they talk and Vicky says like, oh, are you wondering like why I didn't leave? She's like, and that's when she says like, oh, I wanted to and I did and I had dates and then like you have a good date and you want to go tell your best friend like she's my best friend. So well, that's way later in the episode. Then why is it right here in my notes? I don't know. Maybe that maybe that is right. I don't know. I thought that this scene was where she said, I don't know why. And I saw that. I said, that's, oh, you know ominous. what? You might, you might be right. Cause I just wrote, she tells her at first she wanted to leave when Donna said she was going to transition, but then she came back, but she, now she's questioning it. I think you're right. I think I'm combining the two things together. Yeah. Cause Sorry, I have here. Guys. It's all right. It's Spoiler. Yeah. It's late. Uh, I have having a good time. I have thought, uh, I have that. So, so the, the guy left, came back and wants to transition to a woman. And then his wife was, was like, yeah, okay, I'll come back. And then, then Meredith was like, well, why? And she's like, I don't know why. And then I wrote, that's ominous. They're going to break <laughs> up. Uh, plot twist. They don't. Um, and then we have the bathroom scene with Callie and Addison, which is very yes. short, but I love it because I love when Callie says, don't make me climb over the stall. I'll do it, but I'll be pissed. Cause I don't know you that well. Um, I love Callie and Addison bonding it's very nice um i love watching them together these are like two incredible actors and two incredible characters so it's so nice because we haven't really seen them together at all so it's it's nice to to see that happening um but yes addison's crying and she's upset because the patient has lost their baby but doesn't know it and she has to be the one that tells them which has to be a terrible job cannot imagine doing that uh, the boys are fishing and Weber asks, he's like, so she's talking to Joe and he's like, so how long have you and Walter been together? And he says, it's a really, I think this scene is like very nice and it's just a nice conversation about relationships and basically priorities. Um, because Walter, or sorry, the chief asked Joe, um, if like, oh, he says that we're thinking about kids and he's like, oh, that's a big step. And and Joe says, oh, do you have kids? He says, no, I was always working. And Adele said she didn't want to raise kids by herself. And Joe's like, oh, yeah, Walter's the same way. Like, I'm always at the bar. If I'm not there, who else is going to run it? And Weber's like, yes, exactly. If I'm not at the hospital, who's going to run it? Well, it it's different than a bar. It'll kind of run itself because all your people know how to fucking do their jobs. Whereas Joe right. has to be there because drinks don't pour themselves. It's Joe's bar. Now, could he hire people? Yes, but that's fine. He doesn't have to. Um, but Weber what a, has what many, a, many doctors under him. So, yeah. What a fun! What a fun scene that leads me to believe that Joe is going to save Weber's marriage. <laughs> um, well, I definitely think he kind of like takes pause and thinks of because Joe says. Like, oh, for Walter, I'd change because I don't want to live with, I don't want to lose him. Like, whatever I am doing isn't worth losing him. So if he wants me to make this change so that we can start our family, I'm going to do it. Because it's worth it to be with him rather than to not be with him and and do my life the same way but without him. And that's on and off for 10 years. Do you know how long Weber and Adele had been together at this point? I'm sure they've said, but I don't remember. I have to imagine at least 20 years, right? Like yeah, 20 I think years probably of probably closer to 30 if I had to guess. 
committed marriage minus the affair that Weber had with another woman while he was a raging alcoholic. Like, other than yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know. Other than that, perfect. Really solid. Other than that and all the other issues that they had, it's super flawless. It's just real. People have issues. It's fine. You're allowed. You just work through them. Or you don't, and that's why people get divorced. <laughs> yeah, and also just don't blame other people for your issues. Ugh, so true. That's what's called accountability. Um, okay, so then Burke and George are fishing, and they're talking, and George notices Burke's hand shaking. Why, Carmen? Why is it shaking? Because it's not Be- fine. Because he's not fine. <laughs> Which um, I will admit, I've tried to make him fine by just willing it into existence. It didn't yeah. work. Like Burke is what not you did fine. with the bomb. When you yeah. made the bomb. Whoa! <laughs> um, so then George is like, oh, are you okay? And Burke's like, oh, I'm going to go fish over there. Bye. <laughs> so super shady. Uh, and then Donna's lab sh- come back and they show she has breast cancer. Um, essentially the hormones that she is taking have caused this. I don't know if it's caused the cancer, but it's definitely caused it to get more like more aggressive. So, um, basically the treatment would be to stop all the hormones and start chemo radiation and whatnot. Um, and so that's not what she wants. She wants to go through with the transition and fight it as a woman, but he's basically, Mark is basically saying if, you're treating it that would be stopping the hormones so if we do the transition it wouldn't really matter because your facial hair is going to come back and your breasts are going to be gone because of all the treatments and so she's upset and she's like well that's not what i want and this is when the is this when vicky gets really mad and leaves or is that later I think that's later. Okay. So Callie and Addison have to go tell the patient, but they don't want to. So they're just like watching them be happy outside the window. And it's very sad because Addison's like, I'm going to do it. And Callie's like, no, like, let's wait a minute because once you do it, they won't be happy. So like, let's let them be happy for as long as possible. Yeah. That's like, that's true and heartbreaking. Yeah. Can you imagine? So you, you know how, how little I like manual labor really of any kind. Yes, I do. know. I would, I would rather be the guy who sucks out sewage from an, a physical sewer underneath the ground with the rats and the cockroaches and the alligators than have to tell someone that their kid is dead. Yeah, that tracks. Like I just, just can't, can't no. imagine delivering that information to someone. Maybe I feel differently before having a kid. Maybe like not much different, like, but maybe I, because I can't fully grasp and empathize now, I, now as parents, we have the curse of empathy. We know exactly what it's like to hold that crying baby with it within its first breaths of real life. Yeah. And these people, while they get spoiler alert, they get to hold the baby. Yeah. They don't get life. And there's nothing beyond that. Like that's the end of it. it. Yeah. It's like the meeting I, and the saying goodbye all at once. It's yeah. very upset. It's a literal nightmare. Um. So then, uh. oh, Alex and George is talking about, oh, he's like, oh, you're going to get back with Callie. And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, you don't want to do that. And George is like, oh, okay. Like, I'll go back and tell her we shouldn't get back together because Alex doesn't think it's a good idea. And Alex is like, okay, whatever, man. 
And then it cuts over to Derek, who is complaining to Burke about Burke inviting everyone. And Burke's like, why did you invite me? And Derek's like, <laughs> and Burke's like, so you don't have any friends. He's like, I have friends. He goes, okay, but do you have guy friends? And I'm like, do you have friends, Derek? Or do you just have women that you have fucked over? Cause it yeah. kind of seems like you just have women you fucked over. Yeah. At least Burke, you see that there's like a budding bromance with George. You yeah. really don't see Derek have that kind of relationship with anyone. Yeah. Him and in, Burke in this have show. Oh, oh, like a very respectful friendship. I feel like is the good word. Like they have respect for each other and they are like, well, we work together. So like, I guess we can be friends, but they're not <laughs> friends. They're they're not you know playing I mean? uh you know instruments together in Burke's apartment kind of friends. They're not I going mean, on listen, jogs together kind of friends. They're not gonna ask each other to be each other's godparents for their kids, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I know who like you. who does. Godfather yeah. Carmen. Godfather Carmen. That's oh, got such a good it's it's snappy, you know? <laughs> just got it just flows so easy. Oh man. Um Okay, so then... Listen more to that, Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sydney goes and finds Izzy. Um, Wait, did we miss a scene? I, th- I think maybe you said this, maybe I didn't, but is this? did we skip the scene about how Mark was like trying to blame himself with like the, the baggage with Derek and trying no, to talk her out of... that's right after this. Right after this? Okay, sorry. I must yeah. not have written notes for those parts. I'm sorry. Continue, Kelsey. Okay. Uh, so Sydney goes to find Izzy and she's, and Izzy's like, oh, I have to help Christina. And Sydney's like, okay, cool. I'll sit here and wait. And Christina's like, why would you, what you're ruining my life. Um, so then, then we get the mark yet again, hitting on Meredith. And that's when he says that Derek is damaged goods. And he's like, I know because I'm the one who damaged him, which I appreciate a level of self-awareness, but also, yeah, but he's really just Derek doing it to convince her to fuck. Going on. That's true, but also Derek. What Mark did is shitty. Not saying that's not true. That's just not the only reason that Derek is the way that he is. Dark, dark, um, dark. Derek's, <laughs> Derek's problems did not suddenly start once Mark and Addison slept together. I am certain because he sucks. Yes. All right. <laughs> Most of the guys on this show do suck. The but person you know who sucks the least Most on the show the is Burke. Most men in real world suck. And I think that that's a level of reality that's being put in this show. And I can appreciate that as a female. Shonda <laughs> is so ahead of her time. So true. Um, but no, I just, you guys, I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to try and calm it down. But I really don't like Derek. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what? I'm not really sorry. Um, but I will try and calm it down and, and go in move forward with a more open mind, but it's very difficult for me because I hate him. Um, (laughs) Vicky comes out and says that Donna wants to go through with the surgery and he's, she's like, please talk to her. I don't, I please talk to her. So then we cut back to camping and this is when George is like, Hey, have you noticed anything with Burke? Because, and then he like starts to correct Alex is fishing wrong. So he, George like goes to correct him and Alex, um, cannot take any form of criticism from anyone ever, which is a character flaw that he has that he should work on. Um, but he, so because George is telling him how to fish, he says that he says, 
Callie and Sloane fucked. And George is like, no, they didn't. He's like, yeah, they did. They slept together. And George is like, take that back. And the- yeah, the funny <laughs> thing about that scene in general is George isn't like, what do you mean? Like, how do you know that? Tell me more about that. He's like, take it back. Why would you even say that? Yeah. Like, George, take that it back. So fun. Take it um, back. Also, because I'm in this room and it's very dark outside and I have the light on, there's like 600 moths on this giant window that are trying to fly in at this light. Perfect. <laughs> that, that's fun. That's what I'm looking at. Other than your beautiful face. Yes. Uh, okay. So that's when they start to fight each other and the chief is like, try they, everyone's like, stop it. So then he's like, okay, we're going to have a fight, but with rules, you guys are going to have a uh, open handed combat and it's a slap fight. <laughs> and it's with funny. no wrestling moves, no touching it's of the hair or face. So funny. I will say as surgeons, they shouldn't punch each other because they can hurt their own hands. So that's what he's saying. That's what he's trying to prevent from happening is ending their careers. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Uh, and it's funny because also uh, Derek and Burke on the side watching and like common commentary uh, and Derek's annoyed with them and Burke's like this is why you don't have any guy friends and Derek goes this is why I should have come alone well Derek that's your own fucking fault no one made you yeah. invite Preston no one made you invite Preston now granted you didn't think he was going to invite literally every other person in the hospital but no one made you invite him in the first place if you need space go get your dumbass space by yourself yeah just ride on a ferry boat with all the money you have uh-huh. just buy the ferry boat just rent buy every ticket and just ride Let it back Pete and Davidson. forth sure exactly it's just, yeah, it, that doesn't make any sense. And also, as a guy who does have guy friends, if any of my friends were saying, like, hey, you're going to have a slap fight, you know what I'm doing? I'm placing bets. I'm saying, all right, let's get a fucking gladiator-style fight-to-the-death slap match mm-hmm. here, and I'm putting money down. Yeah. And yeah. then when it's over, then it's, hey, guys, you got your shit worked out? Move on. Never do that again because you look also, like idiots. Also, I will be recording this on my phone so that I can watch and laugh at you later. 100% because I'm an adult. Exactly. Now, since we're on a tangent, we're going to go ahead and take a break for everybody's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! Okay. So we have three Shondaland residents in this episode. All right. All right. What's the breakdown? They are all women. Okay. Uh, should we assume that Sydney is not going to be included because she's been in Grey's before? She's a recurring character? Yes. Or are you including Sydney? We already have done her. Okay, perfect. All right. Um, all right. Number one is Vicky. Yes. All right. Number two is the mom of Monopoly Poop Boy. Nope. Damn it. All right. I'm done. I'm out. Okay. I, so I go until I get them wrong. That's that's the new thing. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, I'll just go through. Claire Carey plays Vicki Gibson. She is in one episode of Private Practice. Let me tell you, does she fucking suck in the episode that she's in? Um, Alexandra Billings, who plays Donna Gibson, is in one episode of How to Get Away with Murder. Um, I also wanted to note that 
Alexandra Billings was the first openly transgendered woman to play a transgendered character on television. Wow. Shout out. So again, I know I've mentioned this before, but Shonda is very big in representation, both in her writing, but also in her casting. So if she writes a transgendered character, she's going to cast a transgendered actor, um, which I think is very appropriate. And I would love to see more of in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I just wanted to note that I thought that was, um, a cool fact about this actress. Um, and then Alexandra Holden, who plays Jamie Carr, who is the pregnant woman was also in an episode of private practice. And she was also pregnant in that episode. And it is a different episode. Those were my two other guesses. I just, uh, I feel like I've been burned by the obscure, uh, actors and actresses lately. So I was like, let's go for the obscure one. And then I'll circle back to my next guess was going to be those two. So bummer. I would have gotten all three of them if I just would have said skew the obscurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I believe you for sure. You're not lying. OK, Um. so we're back. In I've it. never <laughs> lied once in my life. Um. So OK, so Mark goes to try and talk to Donna about the situation and and why it's not wise to move forward with the surgery. And then this is when Vicky gets upset and says, like, for God's sakes, Daniel, or whatever, um, and says uh, that she's leaving because she's not going to, she's like, I'm not going to watch you kill yourself, which I do understand. And honestly, I think that's very separate. Like, you're not saying, oh, I'm leaving because you're transitioning. Like, I think they're truly, it's truly a separate issue. And if it had been some other situation where this person had not decided to transition, but they weren't going to, uh, they had cancer and they weren't going to fight it. I think a spouse could also believably be like, I'm not going to sit by and watch you kill yourself and not fight this. So I think I don't, I don't think she's leaving because she's transitioning. I think she's leaving because Donna is like, I'm not going to fight this. Um, in the way that Vicky thinks she should, I I think. Because she yeah. does say no, she's I like, got oh, the I'll same. fight it, but not the way that's I'm being told to, basically. Well, yeah, I think that's the scene where Donna was like, I need Vicky to love me, yes. but I need her to love me. Yes, exactly. Uh, which is which I respect. I guess that's something that I will I will never understand is the fact that to li- the transition towards living the truth was literally killing Donna. Yes. That's, that's something that I will never understand. Yes. And to the, think the through, privilege of not ever having to be in that situation. Yeah. So Vicky was given an impossible task. And I think that the way they've written Donna's character is they really wouldn't, I don't think there would have been that. What did, what did Der- uh, Burke say to uh, Christina? There's no ill will. Like if you if you're out, I get yes. it. There's no ill will. Yes. I think that's how like just on the small arc that Donna has in this yeah. show, the visible episode. I think that Donna would be like, "Look, Vicky, if you can't handle this, there's no ill will. But like, yeah. I have to live my truth, and I respect yep. if you can't see that." Yeah, I think I think that's believable for their relationship. Um, ugh. Okay, so then, uh, Callie finished casting um, Jamie's arm. And that's when Addison's like, we need to talk about the baby. And then she basically just says nothing and hopes that says it for her. 
And then Jamie says, well, you have to say it or I'm not going to believe it. Which right. I think it's in Grey's or it might be in one of the other medical shows I've watched. At some point, someone says like when you're in medical school and they like teach you how to tell someone that their family member has passed away, they're like, you have to say it so that they can process it. Like it's part of getting this person to fully grasp and process what is happening. They're like, you have to say that this person has died. I'm like, that is awful. A, because yeah. I don't want to hear that about anybody. Ever. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that is one of the realities of the world that we live in. But it's very sad. Um, I liked the choice of them cutting out and us just seeing it through a window and not like hearing it, hearing her say it, um, just kind of seeing it and seeing their reaction. Um, it hurts. It's a, it's a, it hurts. Yeah. I was very emotional for this scene, and then I was mm-hmm. emotional for the the follow up scene. Yes. Very intense. Yeah. Um. So okay, Izzy and Christina are digging through the poop together, and Christina's like, "You know what? Uh, you should leave because I'd rather dig through this poop by myself than have Sydney sitting in here with me." Now it makes a lot of sense for Christina to not like Sydney. I'm gonna say it again. It does not make sense for Izzy to not like her. It makes sense for Izzy not to want to deal with her in this specific case, like not want to talk about Denny. Um, that's fine that I can respect, but the whole like, Oh my God, I hate her. She's so annoying. Does not make sense because, Oh my God, Izzy, you're so annoying. Like, I just, I don't get it. Um, so Sydney and Izzy leave together. Uh, and the kid comes over and is a piece of shit. He's an asshole. I don't like him. Yeah. He says, uh, you're fishing through my poop. How smart are you? Like, yeah. Like, bitch, she okay. has a medical degree. Your solution yeah. to throwing a fit was to eat something that's not edible so that your brother couldn't play with it. Well, that's, that's the problem. Good anything, anything you can eat is edible, but anything that's edible should not be eaten. Necessarily. Right. Some I things that are edible eat. you should eat, like a brownie. This is edible if I eat it. <laughs> should, but should I eat this throw pillow? No, I should not. No, but mainly because it would upset Jessica that you've tarnished one of her many throw pillows. Yeah, says welcome. <laughs> Has cute tassels on it, guys. Um, okay. So George and Alex have are having their slap fight. It's hilarious. Uh, Joe and Walter get back from the hike they're on, and they're standing there watching, and they accidentally like run into Walter and knock him over, and he smacks his head on a rock. Now, when they when this first happens and they cut away, they make you think that that man is going to die. One hundred percent. And uh, he's he's fine. I mean, we're not because he yet, didn't move. But yes, he didn't yeah. move. And they, I mean, that's that was like that. That's when they cut to commercial. Right. So they show you that and cut to commercial. And you're like, oh, shit, they're out in the woods and they just killed Walter. They're going to have to bury this body now in the woods. This is now like a murder pact. Yeah. And they have um, to kill Joe too. Yep. 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 Um, okay. So, but we come back and they cut to Meredith studying up for the surgery and talking to Christina about Mark. And she's like, I mean, I don't like him. I don't like have feelings for him, but I like him. Like, you know, it's whatever. 
Um, and then Christina starts asking her about Ellis. And she's like, when your mom got sick, why didn't you tell anyone? And Meredith's like, because she asked me not to. She's like, so you're glad you, you did the right thing. Like, you would do that, even if it meant you were losing out, basically. And then Meredith finally stops being as um, self-centered as she often is. And it's like, I'm sorry, what what are you talking about? Are you t- are you keeping someone's secret? And Christina's like, bye. <laughs> Um, first so rule could, about Fight Club is you can't talk about Fight Club, Meredith. Bye. So then, Christina has to go back to the kid because uh, he has a perforated abdomen. So he has to go into surgery. Um, so that's fun. And then then we go back to the woods and they're doing the stitches on Walter. And uh, I don't know, is it? Weber who says Alex is going to do it. And then Joe's like, no, I want an attending to do it. Um, yeah. And Alex something is like, like Thanks, that, man. That's great. Uh, <laughs> it, so. it was this, this was a scene that I thought that they were going to find out about Burke. Like oh, yeah. this is, this is, this is going to go they down. They set it up to be a good time for that to happen, but it does not. Yeah. So they are, Burke's like, don't worry. Or sorry. George is like, don't worry. Dr. Burke is really good at this. And it's like crazy eyes. And Burke's like, yeah, bitch, I am really good at this. Um, and George is like leering at him, like, fucking do it. Shh. Have your hand shake. I fucking dare you. Shake your hand. Shake your fucking hand. So it's really weird. George is being really, <laughs> I don't, they don't care for it. Um, it's too Well, much. that's what gets him kicked off the team. Um, so Burke does the stitches and there are no problems. Um, also, though, okay, I don't know if you noticed this. This really stood out to me. They were doing a really tight shots on Burke and George in this, in this scene. They kept going in like very close on their face, like so on their face. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. And it was like the one liner with Burke where he's like, I always have it. And it was like, fuck, I'm looking at you, <laughs> yes, George. And the camera, and the just, camera knows. Yeah. It's, it was, it was just, um, Something that it was kind of a departure from things we normally see on the show. There's not a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of drama, but there's not a lot of those kinds of shots. Um, so it's fine. Uh, Bailey won't let Christina scrub in on the kid surgery. And Christina is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't erase your name. And it, Bailey's like, fine. This, you fucking made your bed. This is what's going to happen. All right. Bye. Um, and up in the gallery, Sydney asks Izzy, she's like, tell me about Denny. And Izzy's like, fuck right off. I won't tell you about Denny. <laughs> and just gets up and leaves. Um, Which is for sure her right. It's yeah, like. for sure. I will say as much as Izzy irks me, I was like, that's valid. Yeah. It's not like Sydney did a good job of like, hey, here's the deal. I've been tasked to talk with you about a very serious topic and it's Denny. So like, yeah. we need to talk about Denny. We it's need like dialogue. <laughs> yeah, we need a dialogue. We'll dialogue later. Um, fuck, like you could have used some tact at all. Yeah. Like just a, a smidge of tact would have been great. Yeah. I think like, that's something that bothers me more and more as I grow up as an adult. Like have tact with everything you do. It's not like you have to be, you can be straightforward and have tact. It's not hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that's a different conversation for a different and day, also, but I like, find myself getting yeah. more pissed off at that as an, as I, as I'm growing up. Yeah. 
I mean, it varies from person to person. You don't have a relationship with this person. This is someone that you kind of know because you kind of work with them. That does not... I if If there is something like... That's not, I don't know. I don't know how you would approach it, but it ain't that. It's not this. There were one of a trillion different ways you could have handled and that I'm conversation. Like, Sydney. Not, does she not know the full scope? Like, does she think that it's just a patient? That's what I know? gathered. That's, I because really, I'm like, but when I, she but admits like, to cutting the LVAD to Sydney, yeah. that's when she's like, oh no, actually, I don't know what that's like. Oh. Yeah awkward bing bong bong like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so okay so then we have um meredith and mark doing their surgery and this is when we get mark's speech about because meredith says like oh i'm surprised you did the surgery and mark says people don't come to me to fix what's on the outside they come to me to fix what's on the inside so that basically the their outside can match the way they feel inside and that's like a privilege that he gets to do that. Basically, this is what I'm saying. Like, I think this scene really drives home that he, he does a very good job as a doctor. And I think, and they talk about a lot in this show specifically surrounding Mark, that plastics is just like nose jobs and boob jobs and like liposuction and blah, blah, all this stuff. And that may be the case that that's what you're doing a lot of, but I don't think you should diminish people who want to get that done because people are taking it serious. Like if someone feels that they want to get that done and it's going to make their, like it's going to give them confidence or make them happier then like, why not do it? Like, I don't think that, you know, people kind of shit on plastic sometimes on a lot of medical shows, not just this one. Um, but I think that that's a good point to be made is like, yeah, you can laugh at a boob job, but if it's making someone feel more confident or if it's making them more comfortable in their own skin, why not do it? That's a great point. Yeah, for sure. I never thought of it like that until cuz it's true they haven't done like they haven't just done with him doing just a boob job. It was surrounding a double mastectomy. Yeah. situation. It wasn't just, "Hey, I want bigger boobs." It was, "Hey, you're prone to breast cancer, so we're taking off both your boobs. We're going to do a reconstruction surgery." Yeah. Like that's heavy. That's heavy shit. Yeah. Um so yeah, I th- I think that's a nice uh, insight. Is like people come to me to fix what's on the inside. Um, the two are linked. The inside and the outside are linked, which I think goes hand in hand with someone who would be going through a transition. Obviously. Um, okay, so then Weber is lecturing Alex about starting shit with George, and Alex is like, "Oh, he's annoying me." And then and then we get some insight into Alex's um, childhood. He's like, "I grew up in a bar because my dad was either drinking or playing music, so I never like did." camping stuff like i don't this isn't i don't know how to do this um and which then i always get, you know me i always sorry, appreciate a good guy alex scene yes we do love them we love to to find more about about alex um i love a backstory um and then we have the burke and george scene so good such a good scene i love it when they have scenes together burke has really been on a roll lately with these one-on-one scenes they're crushing it they're giving him such good stuff to work with, and he is delivering so well in all of them. Um, so Burke's like, your standards for everyone are too high. Like, your standards for human beings are too high. And he makes it out like he's talking about Callie, but he's talking about himself as well. He's like, you expect too much of people, and you don't fucking let anyone be a human and make a mistake. Like, 
look in a goddamn mirror, George. Um, that was my addition <laughs> to that. Burke didn't say that. Um, but they should have. But I think it's correct. Um, but yeah, I think that his delivery on that is very good. And yeah, when George says like, oh, well, if Christina had done this, would you forgive me? He's like, it's not the same because Christina and I are a fucking team. Like we're a unit together. That's not what you and Callie are. So it's not the same. Yeah. But it's also, it was weird because I was like, okay, so is Burke kicking George off of his team? Like it feels that way. It feels like Burke doesn't see George on the team anymore because George was trying to be really weird with his close up shots while Burke's just trying to save Walter's life. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if you got any of those same vibes, but you also have the benefit of hindsight. Yes. Um, I think the subtext here is really just that like Burke's like, keep this in mind for when you find out that I'm doing something terrible. Um, <laughs> let people make mistakes. Uh, so then we have mm, the scene where they deliver the baby. And this is the one there are off the top of my head that I can think of two scenes, two, one, two scenes in Grey's Anatomy that will make me cry every time. And this is one of them Two. I don't cry very often at shows and movies, guys. Um, I just, I don't know why. I, I get sad. I feel sad, but I, I just not want to cry a lot. Unless a dog dies. I will always cry when a dog dies. Um, but this this is one of the scenes that will always, like, get me. Um, and I, this is the first time I've watched this since having children. So that was what? pleasant. Even knowing that this, because I knew... There are times like before when sometimes in life when you're like, ugh, I really need to cry and it's just not happening. And I would like, I would be like, I'm going to watch that episode of Grey's Anatomy that I know is going to make me cry. Um, and so having kids and knowing that this happens in this episode, I was like, well, I'm not going to watch that. Um, but then I started this podcast, so I had to watch it. Um, so it was sad. I still cried a little bit. I didn't like sob, but I was um, upset. Especially because Ben is just yeah. like laying right in front of me and, and all sick and it was just pitiful. And it's just, I feel very blessed to have two healthy children and to have yeah. not had a difficult time getting them because very yeah. many people are not as lucky. It's true. I actually, one of, uh, one of the people that I work with, uh, her and her husband, they, they found out recently that they were pregnant and they had their first ultrasound visit today Yay. so i'm not gonna name names i don't think it's widely known but congratulations to the two of you neither of you listen to the podcast it's fine um, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um i'm not bitter about it uh but like like i was texting her back and forth a little bit today and um i was like hey like you know i don't know if either of you cried but don't feel pressure because i didn't cry uh, when I first heard the heartbeat and they're like, yeah, you know, I really thought I would, but I think we were just laughing the whole time because it's like, it's, it's so, so fast surreal. and it's very, yeah, it's like weird and it's fast and it's like, it's, it's crazy. It's, you have like this out of body yeah. experience. Yeah. But I, I also, and I was texting them before I watched this episode and I said, I didn't cry from the moment I heard the first heartbeat to the moment I held Marlo for the first time. I got emotional. I got like goosebumps. Like I, and I felt, yeah. you know, like those butterflies, but I did I never cried. But now all I have to do is see a little girl with cancer in a medical show. And I'm just a ball of fucking like soft serve <laughs> diarrhea melted shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fucked up. And even this, I was like, I, I didn't have as much of an attachment to these particular people 
Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like if you watch like uh, New Amsterdam, the kids that are going to die, they spend the whole episode making you fall in love with that kid. Uh, yes. um, yeah. So this one, I, I didn't have that story, but to know that the parents were going through that and then to like see the sorrow on their face, like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now Yeah. because that's, I know too many people who have had stillbirths and miscarriages and yeah. it's, uh, there's still too much even of a stigma around it. Even in 2022, there's, there's still a lot of bad blood to people who do it. Just like, People who you know have C sections. Sections. There's still a lot of weird, like uh, yeah. People are like, don't talk judginess. about judginess. I'm like, yeah. um, let people yeah. talk about their trauma. Right. Exactly. Don't shut out of here, Karen. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah. So again, we are very blessed to not have gone through this scenario. Our heart goes out to everyone who has had any kind of trouble with pregnancy or birth or anything like that. We truly cannot imagine. Um, and just know that we send send you love. Um, yeah. So I just think personally, if you know someone who's going through that, I imagine the best way to be there for them is only to be there for them. You don't need to say anything to try and quote unquote fix it. Cause yank, you're not gonna, there's no fixing it. The only there's thing no you can do is, back. is literally say I'm here for you. If you want to talk, if you don't want to talk yeah, either way, yeah. that's it. That's how you can be there for someone. Like don't cook them a meal. No, maybe don't be like, like do, what buy them a meal. Can I say for, to fix this? You nothing, no things. So don't try. Don't look for something to say to fix something like that. Yeah. Just yeah. be there for people. Ugh, it's very, very hard. So that's, um, yes, that's eight months, that eight months sad. of doing the right thing and they fall and she yeah. hurts herself and the baby's dead. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, there's just like no control over it. People slip in the shower all the time. I run into walls that don't ever move. I just do that. I don't know why. I'm not, and it's not like I'm looking down or at my phone or anything. I'm like looking right in front of me and I'll just run into a wall. The wall's always mm. been there. It's not like we moved the wall. I'm just dumb, guys. One Good time luck I getting used to the new house. I know. One time I Googled, I was like, why do I run into everything and have terrible balance? And Google was like, oh, you probably have celiac disease. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that tracks, Google. I don't know if that tracks. Thanks, though. Yeah. I appreciate your insight. I thought That's you were going to say that maybe they have a brain guys. cancer. No, it was literally like you have celiac disease, which is like a, the disease where you have gluten intolerance in addition to other things. But you have can't have gluten if you have celiac disease. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that would make me run into walls. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay. So Weber is trying to get... <laughs> They're standing there and Derek is fishing and Weber's like trying to get Burke to talk to Derek about Sloan. Oh, because Derek heard that Sloan slept with Callie or whatever. Um, and <laughs> Burke goes, so that Mark Sloan, he's bad news. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud and rewound it and watched it again. He's yeah, Weber, news, you just huh? hired that guy. What about that? Um, and then they have a nice back and forth where Dirk's like, I just want to get away from it. And I can't, he's everywhere. Like even out here, he's still causing problems in my life. Um, and then he's like asking the chief, he's like, give me advice. He's like, I don't have any advice. And Burke goes, I have no wisdom. There is no wisdom here. And I said, that's a delightful thing to say. And I love that. It's <laughs> honest. All idiots, And I love it. 
Um, so then we're back at the hospital and Sydney finds Izzy in the locker room and she's like, I lost a child in my intern year. It comes in waves and it's okay not to be fine all the time. And Izzy's like, it doesn't come in waves. Actually, I'm just only sad. And I come in here and I don't even know if I can be a surgeon and I don't want to talk about it because I find that terrifying. But there you go. That's a good, you know, you're talking about it. Even They're dialoguing. If, even if you're talking about not wanting to talk about it, you're still talking about it. Yeah. Um, I think this specific scenario, even though Sydney and Izzy are not friends, they are quote unquote peers. I think this is a good example of um, when people say, I don't need to go to therapy. I have my friends, bitch, you need a therapist. This is what, this is not a therapist. This is not equivalent talking to someone. It's good to talk to friends and it's good to have friends you can talk to, but don't equate that with getting real help to process trauma and major life events because it's simply not the same. Therapists are better than your friends. And that's just the reality at, at talking through trauma, your friend, your friend is probably better at convincing you to do shots on a holiday than your therapist. But it really depends on what part of your life you want your therapist to be good at. Therapist to be good at, and yeah. the talking through trauma thing—they're top notch, A plus. There's a uh, there's a TikTok sound that I feel like is relevant, which says, "Girls be like, I don't need therapy. I have my bestie. No, bitch, you and your bestie need therapy right fucking now." And that is accurate. <laughs> Go to therapy, guys. And we I all could I, use a little bit of therapy, even if we are say. healed. I can't, I shouldn't say go to therapy because unfortunately it's not widely available and affordable to everyone, but it fucking should be. And that's another soapbox. Yeah. If you have access to therapy, we highly encourage you to do it. And we're not doctors, so we can't prescribe therapy to you, but we can (laughs) tell you that we highly encourage it. And we know people who have benefited from therapy. Um, I am not one of them. I am a person who who benefited from therapy. And and I am people who have chosen not to go to therapy Carmen and is see it constantly. Who would widely benefit from some therapy. Yes, I was going to say I'm sure that there are a lot of relationships that I may Even not have. You're healed. I am I'm healed, but I'm not healed. You know, mm. you're healed. I can but live healing. with the, I can live with the trauma, but that doesn't mean that I should live with the trauma. I can live with the trauma, but I will make inappropriate jokes about it. Yeah. Oh gosh. What, that's I, fine. I, I I'm going to enjoy them. I said it at work the other day. I made a joke oh, and no. I was like, ooh, sorry. I forgot this isn't widely known. <laughs> oh, no. Forgot this yeah. isn't a podcast broadcast internationally. It's my place yeah. of work. Yeah, I, I think I said something to the effect of, man, this reminds me of when my dad used to hit me. <laughs> and <that> was, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then one person... Yeah, and one person who is actually a personal referral of mine, and they work with me, they know me, they're like, Carmen, that's probably not the right time to bring that up. And I go, you know what? You are right. And I'm sorry for any (laughs) distress that I've caused anyone here. That was a joke. I am healing. It was a joke, but it's also based in truth. It's also a call for help. Help me! (laughs) Get me therapy. Um, Anyways, okay, so Vicky comes back, or came back, and she's waiting with Donna and this, yeah, this is when she says the whole thing about like, I wanted to tell, you know, when you go on a good date and you want to tell your best friend, she's my best friend. And so that's, that's a good scene and a good, um, I guess explanation for their relationship. The way, the reason that their relationship 
ended up working the way that it did. There are plenty of people, I guess, who would be in that scenario who would stay for different reasons. Like some people just don't care as much, you know, it's again, it's still the same person that, you know, at their core, but, but even like more, they get to be themselves even more. So I think that's a, that was just like a good explanation of why she stayed, I guess. So it's a nice scene. Um, then Callie and Addison are in the hall and Addison's like, so you slept with Mark Sloan. Was it just a moment of desperate self-loathing? And Callie's like, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> um, and then they have a nice bonding and Addison's like, hey, do you want to go get a drink? And Callie's like, yes, but her pager goes off. She's like, but another time. So it's nice. It's kind of laying the groundwork for a beautiful friendship. I want to make an official Carmen Gabriel prediction for Grey's Anatomy. Okay. I I feel like I know what your prediction is, but I want you to say it anyways, and then I'll tell you Ad- if I was right. Addison and Callie will never get that drink together. Is that your prediction? It's my official prediction. Okay. I was wrong. That's not what I thought you were going to predict. Did you think that I was going to say that they have sex with each other? No, I just thought you were going to say they have um, a lesbian romance. <laughs> right. So sex with each other. Well, not necessarily. Okay. Well, no. Although that is what I want to happen for both of them. Everyone deserves <laughs> love. Um, my official prediction is they never go get that drink together. Okay. Um, Burke comes home and Christina's like, oh, I'm happy you're back. Which is a very nice moment and not something we see from Christina very often. Her being like, I'm glad you're here. He's like, I'm happy I'm here too. Um, and then George is like, finds Callie and he's like, I really want, we need, or she says we need to talk. And he's like, yeah, we do. And she goes, it's about your dad. And then they widen to reveal that his dad has been admitted to the hospital. Bum, bum, bum. Ominous. Um, yes. Uh, Mark and Meredith are at the bar and he is hitting on her again. Like, Inappropriate. With me. Yeah. Um, Derek shows up at the bar and goes to Meredith and is like, we don't know each other and I want you to actually know me. So I'm Derek. And she's like, it's too late, Derek. You walked away. It's too late. And then he smiles and she's like, okay, I'm Meredith. And then they kiss and I get mad. What and a weird ending ends. to that scene. Right? Hi, it was let's like, start over. I'm Derek. You're Meredith <sighs> kiss. What? Also, like, she's like, it's too late. And you're like, yeah, bitch, it is too late. Good on you. Hold your ground. And then he's like, I'm McDreamy. And, and she's like, well, okay. she sees ah. she sees Mark out of the corner of her eye. And then she's like, eh, I guess it could be worse. It could be that guy. And then she's like, in no way would that be worse to be in a relationship with? Probably worse. I'm sorry. He was she was in a relationship with Derek and his fucking wife showed up. So. Uh, I'm not saying that anything is good, but I'm saying that Mark is worse to be in a relationship with. Both and suck. I am disagreeing. You're allowed to be wrong. Uh, anyways, okay, so let's rate this shit. All right. Who wants to go first, you or me? Um, you go first. All right, this episode gets a... That was a drum roll. 3.6 a resident point six. we sure as shit don't agree on this one did you get a, give it a five yes 
Wow. This is a five for me. This is an episode I love. I used to watch it all the time. Rewatch. I, I might would be able to do it again now that I've kind of like broken the seal of watching it post post pregnancy and, and yeah, childbirth. Yeah. Um, I just think it's such a good episode. I love it. I love the dynamic of all the guys together, but out of the hospital. Like I, I think that's so fun to see. It's not like really something we see very often. Um, I love the intro of the, of Callie and Addison being friends. Um, I, I think, I mean, Izzy is annoying, but I think what they do for her in this episode serves a purpose and is so good. Um, all the scenes that they give Burke and Derek, it just, it's all good. I just love it all. I'm here for it. It's a five. I think, okay, hold on. I actually, I want, I, you've, you've actually, you've, you've swayed me. I'm going to give this an even four. This is going to be a fellow, a fellow point zero, an even four. Um, I think for me, it's just, it's drama free. There's the suspense of like Walter almost dying. Sure. But other than that, like no bombs went off, no crazy things happened. It was just a good episode. It was a it was a it was a feel good episode. Yeah, I guess you have that cliffhanger. But also, of, it was not a feel good episode. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But it was like a feel good and like okay, you're seeing some bonds with Callie and Addison being formed. You're yeah. seeing Donna gets her surgery. Uh, you're seeing. Derek and Meredith get their second chance. You're seeing guys out in the woods having fun and Weber just putting his foot in his mouth constantly. Like we're getting that good guy, Alex, right? So it's a, it's a good episode. I just, there was nothing that was crazy dramatic about it. And I think to give out a yeah. five, I need to see some drama, some drama. That is your business. I think there is drama in this episode, but not bomb drama. So I understand where you're coming from. It's just not that way for me. Um, okay. So do you have any predictions? Predict what's going on with George's dad. Uh, he had a heart attack. I think that's an easy medical trope to say he had a heart attack and he's been admitted. Okay. Um, yeah. and what's going to happen? He's going to die. We all do within the next within the next yes so easy <laughs> easy win for me on that um, George's dad no he's not gonna die they need to use George's dad more in depth later on in these episodes I feel like um, heart attack but he's gonna code maybe three times and then they're gonna say all right this is it we can't do it then he pulls through at the last minute um, I already made the prediction of Addison and Callie are not gonna get their drink together I've I've made that prediction uh, also I. I think that Derek and Meredith, they kissed they, Derek and Meredith kissed. They will be in a relationship for at least through the end of this season, at least through the end of season three. Okay. Okay. And, uh, anything with Christina Burke Bailey situation? Uh, I got, I got to get through maybe, maybe after this episode that you and I do in person next, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but I, I okay. need to see more interaction. I need to see interaction with Christina and Bailey while Burke is in the hospital. I need mm. to see what happens yes. with that. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Well, um, any predictions from you? <laughs> yes. I predict that you will be here very soon and I will be excited about it. Literally in, in 12 and a half hours, I'm getting picked up from our house to go to the airport. Ooh, ooh, mm, mm, ooh, ooh, mm, mm. So excited. Mm, mm. Okay. <laughs> I love that. That's my, that's You're welcome. Nice. That's uh, Patreon content, guys. 
Um, okay, but thank you guys for listening. We so appreciate it. If you have a moment to give us a review or a rating, that really helps more people find us. Um, and if you could share us um, on your socials or just like send us to people who you think would enjoy this Grey's Anatomy will be coming back at the end of September or the beginning of October, I think. Um, so we're getting close to that and we're also getting close to one year of our podcast. So we're super excited. We're going to figure out something fun to do. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be neat. Um, but we appreciate the support. That's why it's been a year that we've been doing this. Yes. Carmen, what do you have to say? Also, it should be known that this has been our highest streaming month uh, that we have ever had. So thank you to everyone. Uh, Previously, we've gone uh, on a huge upward trajectory, but this has been our highest streaming month. So I just want to thank all of you. And I want to uh, especially give a quick shout out to our listeners in um, Canada, Germany, Malaysia, Brazil, and the United Kingdom, the UK, overtaking Australia uh, as one of our top listeners. So the UK, welcome. Uh, Australia is still a ton of love, but you guys got some work to do because the UK is <laughs> yeah. uh, picking. Come on, Australia. Picking, uh, yeah, they're kicking your butts uh, down under here. So, uh, But we appreciate all you listeners. And then um, seeing a recent surge uh, from Poland, Norway, and Sweden. So uh, we really Pretty appreciate lit. all of our international cool. listeners. Thank you. Um, yes, thank you guys for listening to us ramble on. And if you have anything to say, you can always reach out to us via email at grazeacademypod at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at grazeacademypod. You can message me there. Um, you can say whatever you want in either of those emails because Carmen doesn't have access to them. But if you do see Carmen walking down the street. No spoilies. No spoilers. Don't do it. Uh, Kelsey, I'll see you in person for the next one. Yay. Have a great week, everyone.